Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 248 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo of Travel Boom, and today we're going to do some optimization like it's 2004. There's no SEO hat that's too black for us today, so let's dive in and start the show and start messing with some algorithms. So we're back. So this is going to be a fun episode today. And there's no way that we could have fun if we didn't have both Jeremy and Alyssa on the show. Guys, welcome back to yet another episode. Hello. Howdy. What's new, guys? Anything exciting happening? I think think we're all getting over the sick bug. Oh my gosh. It hit me so hard the other day that it completely knocked me out for a good... 24, 48 hours, I was completely useless. I saw a fun meme, and it was with like a little pregnancy test, and it said, two pink lines means we're going to have two colds per month for the next eight years. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty accurate. I I believe that. (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, well, cool. So we've got a lot of stuff to cover today. I think today will be a good one. So what we're going to be talking about is SEO strategies that really, they just need to die. So there's 11 SEO techniques that we're going to focus on today that's going to help everyone, I think, realize that, hey, we've moved into 2024 at this point, probably, depending on when you're listening to this. And these old strategies that you used in the past are going to really hurt your hotel marketing. And reality is they've probably been hurting your hotel marketing for five, 10 years now, minimum. We just kind of want to remind everybody as we're kind of heading into the new year, hey, knock it off. Let's stop doing the silly stuff. But before we do that, we have to do the most important thing, and that is kick off the news. We have all kinds of new graphics now, or not graphics, ear graphics. We call them audio, I guess, or ear graphics if we like. So who wants to cover the news item today? You want me to jump in and do that one or is someone else feeling froggy? All right. Ribbit. <laughs> All right. You people are a bunch of slackers. Well, hey, this comes to us from TechCrunch and it came out today. Today, if you don't know, is November 30th and it is a birthday for ChatGPT. It's the first year. It's been a full year since ChatGPT came out, which is kind of crazy because one, it was the most downloaded app of all time. And it's something that has revolutionized in just 365 days everything that we're doing from a hotel marketing perspective and marketing perspective in general. So I don't know if you guys know where you were a year ago, but a lot of people didn't even know that GPT was a thing. And now I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who does not know about it. I remember how difficult it was just to sign up or get access oh yeah just to be able to use it at all yeah yeah we've a i think every client meeting we had starting back in i guess really it's like march is when it really hit hard everybody was trying to find ways of using it and whatnot and you know it's a it's definitely something that's kind of changed changed the landscape and is going to continue to do so uh even though we've been using ai for a very long time 
this is kind of the first one where rank and file people can just go in there and you know create content and do all kinds of crazy stuff with the aid of our AI overlords. Yeah, I think it's helped us a bit more efficiently as well, um, like maybe operationally and mm-hmm. getting tasks complete. You know, um, taking a, or changing or changing our methods and how we're creating like headlines for ads or things like that. Um, it's a great way to you know spark some creativity, and it's like I said, it's definitely made things a little more efficient um, with that type of thing, and even uh, structured data. Now, if we're getting super detailed, no, that's been it's been super helpful with that, um, at least just from a in-house perspective. And I think we've become more open to utilizing it. This time last year, we wouldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. we were like exploring options and playing around with a, a little bit, you know, learning. But those early phases, we just kept pointing out errors, issues, you know now we use it all the time yeah that's that's interesting because you're right though we people always had this vision i guess when it first came out that instead of writing this piece of content i'm going to use chat gpt now it's kind of changed to where it's as i'm writing this piece of content i'm going to use chat gpt to help with my article outline or to give me like a fresh idea or a fresh perspective that i can then rewrite uh, from a content perspective at least so but yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's already been just one year and it's already re- revolutionized everything. We'll kind of see where it goes from, from here on out. So if you want, uh, blow a candle out and say happy birthday, chat GPT. <laughs> All right. So, so with that, we're going to dive into the main topic of today. And if you want to learn more about this, uh, chat GPT or what we're going to be talking about today, which is SEO techniques that just won't die, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And you can get these show notes just by clicking on episode 248. So let's go ahead and dive in. We got 11 of these things. And then there is a bonus one because we can't go without a bonus. And we'll probably run through this pretty quick, have a little conversation on each one. So the very first SEO technique that just won't die is that myth that I need to have an exact match domain. This used to be a big one years ago where if somebody had the domain uh, hotel in Las Vegas, that they were going to rank better on the term hotel in Las Vegas than anybody else. Back in the day, Google saw that domain and said, oh, you know what? If their domain says hotel in Las Vegas, that must mean they are the best hotel in Las Vegas. Since then, I think Google and every other search engine out there realizes that, you know, domains are cheap and not necessarily the way to determine ranking. So that is not a thing anymore. So, you know, if you have a hotel in Las Vegas, hey, good for you. Maybe you can do something with that great with that domain, but it will not be the, you know, the golden ticket to top search rankings. Yeah. And I would add to that, you know, now just instead of considering exact match, just make sure that your URL is, you know, easy to type in uh, short if possible, more succinct, um, and, you know, still descriptive, but doesn't necessarily need to be exact. Yep, exactly. So that's the number one thing. The number two, and we're going to change it up a little bit. Instead of going back and forth, back and forth, I'm going to go through several of them, and then we're going to turn it over to Jeremy to go through some, and then over to Alyssa. So number two thing that really just won't die is buying links. And I think this one is, this is so old. It's, 
I feel like it's always been a disingenuous strategy, but it was a strategy that used to work back in the day. And when I say buying links, it's pretty much any time that you're exchanging money, goods, services, you name it, to get a, uh, a link into your website. Uh, these now need to be categorized as advertising from Google's perspective, and they should be set as a nofollow link and marked as sponsored. Because if they're not, you can get dinged by Google and you'll see a detriment from a search ranking perspective if you're out there buying links or saying, I'm going to advertise on this portal website thinking that that's going to drive your rankings up. It won't. It's something that is not important. What is important though is cultivating organically great links into your website. Yeah, I think this, if you had like a Mount Rushmore of bad SEO practices, this would be one of the heads on that Mount Rushmore would be buying links. But <laughs> I definitely like um, <clears throat> buying links for SEO is obviously not a good practice, but buying links, if you think it's going to be helpful, you know, I, I know we look at, you know, sometimes uh, some of our some hotels will look at you know purchasing links that may be on like a CVB or um, maybe on another on just a website that's promoting um, other hotels in the area where it may make sense. And then again, you know, it's when you get that link, it's having that no follow tag on it and sponsored tag on it. And you know, it's not really going to help for an SEO purposes, but it will potentially help in terms of just your visibility online um, and potentially help help you get more traffic. And I think that's the way to look at it. Um, you know, if you think it's going to get you more traffic or you think it's going to improve your visibility or if the site um, is authoritative enough, then I think then, you know, there's that gray area where it's, you could look into it, but if you're actually looking to buy links for just the purpose of boosting SEO and improving your search ranking, then you're going about it completely wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, so, you know, destination websites, CVB websites, all those websites, you, a lot of times they're pay to play. Now, like you said, that's not a bad thing. It's not an SEO tactic, but it is absolutely a tactic to drive inbound traffic, which if it's valuable traffic, then that's all that really matters to you. Just understand that the, the listing site, DMO, whatever it might be, has those links tagged, any reputable one have them tagged to where they're not going to be indexed by search engines. So can we ask GPT to recreate Mount Rushmore for us? <laughs> Does it have a mustache? It definitely has a mustache. Handlebar. You think buying links has a mustache? Buying links is like one of the most epic ones. So we have to make it and, one of the largest. And a monocle. Yes. <laughs> and a top hat. Well, it has to a be a black hat since these are black hat SEO tactics. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look like the Mr. Monopoly guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So the net, number three thing that kind of goes along with buying links is reciprocal links. So kind of to summarize this one is, hey, if you link to me, I'll link to you. That stuff is typically frowned upon. It is not a really effective way. Uh you know, instead of just saying, hey, let's find two random websites to get them to link together, that's not going to seem organic from a search perspective. The algorithm is going to pick up that all of a sudden, look, there's two links pointing back to each other and either negate those or proactively penalize you for them in some cases, I would guess. But um, 
Yeah, the solution to that is just to work on naturally building content, naturally building those links. If you have the great content and you have stuff that people want to read, you don't have to beg for an inbound link in exchange for money or link or anything else. It should happen on its own because people want to read what you have. Right. I mean, if, if you're building content that's valuable and even, and maybe you add an external link to a website that's authoritative, that, you know, dives a little bit deeper into the insights that you're providing on your own website, that's an opportunity where that website may look back and organically link back to you without this exchange. Um, so I, I think that's, that's definitely the way to go um, is just having it be organically, you know, building relationships um, you know, maybe it's with certain vendors as a hotel in your area and writing content about, you know, attractions and things like that in your area and linking back to them. You know, eventually there's a possibility that they'd end up linking back to you. Yep. Yeah, nice organic link building is, is always the way to go. So number four thing that we have on the list is everyone's favorite. And this one probably belongs on Mount Rushmore next to the monocle mustache wearing buying a link guy. It's keyword stuffing, old school black hat SEO technique that for some reason people still think is a thing that they can do. So what I'm talking about here is filling up a page with a word or phrases that you want to rank for. Uh, so for instance, if it was say hotels in Las Vegas, if you have that, okay, let's pretend you're old school, you have hotelinlasvegas.com and then your one of your pages says, if you're looking for a hotel in Las Vegas, you should consider Hotel Las Vegas because it has the best place of all the hotels in Las Vegas. You know, if you want to stay at a hotel in Las Vegas, this is the hotel to choose from while you're in Las Vegas. That is something that if you were reading that or someone was speaking that to you, that would just be incredibly annoying. It would not be helpful. And search engines know that. So everybody stop doing that. And we still have clients that try to stick stuff in there. Because they just don't know better. And that's kind of where I think, you know, an ethical SEO expert is going to say, hey, wait a minute, let's write this in a way a human would appreciate it and not just jam stuff in. So I think there's, there's really no shortcuts when it comes to building your keyword set and the content around it. If you write great content, those keywords will float to the top and Google will contextually understand what any given page on your site is truly about. So those are the four things that I had simply because they were the four things at the top of the list when we divided up these 12 items. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to kind of walk us through some more things that hoteliers should absolutely not do anymore? Yes. Um, so number five on our list is our doorway pages. Um, so doorway pages are pages on a website that are loaded with keywords or maybe they're targeting a specific keyword but have poor page content. Um, they're designed to trick search engines into believing there's good quality content uh, pertaining to the keyword on the page. Um, sometimes they may be accompanied with invisible text uh, to pull in users who are searching for multiple topics within a specific industry. Um, I think a common example for this would be like a category page where you know you have <clears throat> you no know, category pages aren't the prettiest or the nicest looking pages, and sometimes they all look the same and they might be targeting different keywords. Um, and so that's where you kind of look back and you need to you know, ensure that the content is unique to each page. Um, and it's actually providing some sort of value. It's not just 
you know, a ton of links with very little content. Um, you know, you, it's basically about providing more value to those pages and making them, um, making sure that, you know, if somebody visits your website through one of these pages or if somebody visits your website through a page that you're trying to rank for, it's not some page just, like I said, loaded with, loaded with links and loaded with, uh, you know, crappy content and just a bunch of keywords or keyword stuffed in it. It's making sure that you're pushing people along the path of booking, you know, you know pertaining to a hotel, you know, you want to push them into, uh, into that booking funnel and you know, a doorway page is not the way to do that. So in, in terms of doorway pages, is this something that hotels inadvertently kind of fall victim to with say an accommodation index page? Do I have to worry about if I'm a hotel and you go to hotellasvegas.com and I have rooms and you click on rooms that has a list of all my rooms, a little bit of information about them, and then I got to click to learn more. Does that count as a Doria page? I don't think so. I would think of it more along the lines of like, if you're if you're talking about a hotel website as an example, maybe a, an area restaurant page. You want to rank for, since we were talking about Las Vegas, Las Vegas restaurants. Um, having like three restaurants on that page or something, or even if you don't necessarily talk about restaurants at all on that page, um, you just want that inbound traffic and you're tricking the search engine to believing that you have a good experience on your site for that particular keyword. Another one could be, and this may pertain more to like flagship properties, but if you have uh, locations in multiple destinations, or maybe in one destination and you have multiple locations in another destination um, and your page is just hotels in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's just a bunch of links to know the other pages on your site. There's just, there's nothing unique about it. There's nothing that, you know, separates itself from the other pages on your site from the other like location based pages on your site or destination pages. I think that's another no doorway tactic. And I, and I think there are times where hoteliers or website owners just don't know. I mean, it's, it's just kind of something that might naturally happen. You know, you have a destination page and you want to list all your destinations. Like, okay. I mean, that's kind of naturally what you would do, but to you know, push that further is to actually provide, you know, a little more unique detail on that page about those destinations or about, about the locations in that destination. That makes sense. All right. So what's the next one we got on the list here? Number six is article spinning. Um, So article spinning is basically plagiarism. It's basically copying content from other websites, but you're just slightly modifying it and then republishing it on your own website. Um, So think of sites that maybe are scraping content um, and maybe they make a few changes and they're publishing it on their own website for their own gains. Um, so that's that's kind of an example. Um, you know, this is obviously a huge no-no. I mean, it's just stealing content from other websites and then making some small modifications is not going to do you any favors. It's not going to do your page visitors any favors. I mean, if you're stealing content about something that has nothing to do with your hotel or 
the content mentions amenities or services that you don't offer and you're just making some maybe minor adjustments to it. I mean, it's just, it's not worth it. You're going to potentially get penalized. It's against Google's webmaster guidelines. It's, it's. You know, I think this is one of those things as well, where a good hotelier will accidentally find themselves getting trapped up in. Because a lot of times you, what you want to do is let's say you're creating a listing of restaurants near your hotel. It's very easy to say, okay, well, you know, here are these five restaurants around my hotel. Let me get a little description for them and I'll rewrite that. If you write the description from scratch, you're fine. However, you see hoteliers and just people in general saying, okay, I'm going to go to the restaurant website. I'm going to copy their about us content. I'm going to tweak it and then post it. You don't think that you are taking part of an S in a black hat SEO tactic, but you just did. And yeah, that can come back to get you. Just to play devil's advocate a little bit, sometimes when you're taking information from things, especially in events, for example, there isn't necessarily anything new that you can write. So sometimes that's necessary and you can change it a little bit. I wouldn't necessarily consider that full article spinning, but article spinning is just blatant plagiarism where you're taking someone else's hard work and repurposing it for the, you know, your own benefit. So taking a CVB article about things to do in Myrtle Beach or Philadelphia, and then, you know, using chat GPT at this point to just say, reword this article for me. Um, and then posting it on your own blog would be just, just full blown stealing someone else's work. And it, you know, the line at this point is, is, is gray because of chat GPT. I feel like, because what is it when you're just asking chat GPT to write the article for you and then you're tweaking it, you know, it's not a person. You're not yeah. stealing someone else's hard work at that point, but you also didn't write it. Okay. So to play the devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. <laughs> so what is the difference of me saying, Oh, I read this article that Jeremy wrote about hotels in Las Vegas. I read it. I thought about it. And then I wrote an article as well. His article is influencing me. How is that any different than me taking Jeremy's article, copying it, going over to GPT saying, hey, please rewrite this article to make it unique? I mean, is it, I feel like that's, it, you're right. It's such a gray area that I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, it's tough because there's so much content on the internet. Like everything's been done already. So at this point with the helpful content update, we just have to do it better and be mm -hmm. more helpful and think about the user and what they might want and what someone else's piece of content might've left out or how we can improve upon it. And what's that saying? The best ideas are like, is that plagiarized? <laughs> There's a saying, but I'm having mom brain. <laughs> like, uh, didn't, didn't. Like... There are no original ideas. Is that what you're trying to say? That's not the saying, but sure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. Google it right now while you go over your next one. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So don't, don't plagiarize is a fancy way of saying article spinning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next one is also going to be confusing for everybody. What's that one? <laughs> Wait, yeah, so number Picasso says good artists borrow, great artists steal. <laughs> so let's just roll uh, with that. Oh no. <laughs> oh, and Steve <laughs> so, Jobs did it too. Uh, so, so just listen to Picasso and plagiarize. Yeah, if you if you get in trouble, then just point to that quote. 
Yeah. Costa okay. told me to do it. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> That's still not the saying, but. No, I believe anything Picasso tells me. All right, what's number seven? Number seven is using PBNs, which a PBN is a private blog network. Um, So a private blog network is the act of having blogger content on a site um, that links to other sites in a network or having multiple sites linked to a single site. Um, Essentially what it is is either creating your own websites or buying old domains that have a lot of authority and just creating content, just with crap content on those websites, adding links back to your website to build up your own website's authority and search ranking. Um, yeah. And I think this was a bigger deal back when the number of inbound links mattered a lot more versus the quality of them, because that was something that you would see happen a lot. Uh, and, and back in the day, we even saw a lot of other SEO companies doing stuff like this, where you would just have this massive bank of just crappy content websites that just link everywhere. And the articles and content aren't in any given theme. One might be the hotels in Las Vegas, and then it's talking about scuba diving, and then it's talking about cooking. And all the whole point of it is, is you know, poorly written content that just links out other places just for the sake of linking out. Uh, and that can even extend to you know, people doing that on their website with other websites as well, creating their own little weird networks that just does not work anymore. I don't think you see this very often anymore, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's something that kind of like with buying links or reciprocal linking um, and PBNs, you know, they're all about you know earning more backlinks. But, I, you know, I think Google is, smart enough to at least eventually find, you know, those sites that have all of these links to all these other websites that have no real connection. You know, that, you know, if, if a site is, if you're buying links from a website and the website is just sending links to all these other websites that have nothing to do with, um, or are just not contextually similar, you know, that's something that Google is going to notice and then you're, you'll end up getting penalized for it. Um, so Gotcha. And number eight, so number eight is short form content creation. Um, so essentially what short form content is just creating content for the sake of creating content, you know, creating it in great quantities uh, instead of, you know, creating it for quality or actually being helpful or valuable to, you know, people that will actually end up on your website and reading it. Yeah. You see that a lot. Uh, I don't want to say, I guess a lot of times when people use third party content writers and they'll write a one paragraph article about something and that becomes the entire news item. Yeah. It's typically people without SEO experience or knowledge. It's easier, obviously. It's shorter. It takes less time. It takes less research. Um, And oftentimes, people are under a lot of pressure to produce a certain number of pieces from maybe, say, a higher up, for example. Um, So short-form content is still relevant today, um, or I guess the word would be prevalent. But (laughs) um, yeah, don't do it. Long-form content, people. 
helpful content. Yeah, and I think that we've kind of come to, we've kind of come around to that as well, where, you know, when we're writing for clients, or honestly, when we're writing for ourselves, it's, it's not always about producing a new piece of content. But if you only have the time to do something small, consider going back and improving a piece that you've already written. And take that piece of content that say is, you know, a couple paragraphs of content with one or two images, and this it's okay. Instead of running a new piece of content, consider adding to that, optimizing it, making it more in depth, and make it more valuable to your customers, because that's what's going to end up ranking well. Not just having five pieces of crap content, have one piece of great content. Yeah, for sure. And as an extension of that, number nine, writing for bots versus people. Um, well, now we want to write for people versus bots, but you know, writing for bots repeats a particular keyword over and over or awkwardly forces a keyword phrase into a sentence uh, in a way that might not make sense or incorporating unnecessary heading tags. And I've been around for a few years. I don't want to say my age, but I feel like I used to do this and even have conversations with you, Jeremy, about, you know, well, my keyword isn't perfect in the header, in the header. Um, but it, it was just, it was very robotic. So uh, making your content sound a little bit more natural as if someone were to read it, because that's what's going to happen. You want someone to read it and then potentially book if we're referencing a hotel website um, or, you know, we want them to move further down the conversion funnel. So even if you are using ChatGPT as a starting point for your content, making sure that it doesn't sound like ChatGPT wrote it. Uh, some some trends that we've seen are, you know, starting every sentence with the first or with the same uh, part of a sentence. So like, you know, if it's a list of restaurants, it will say restaurant A is an Italian restaurant. Restaurant B is a Greek restaurant. And it just sounds very robotic and... Um, there's no diversity to that piece of content. Uh, so go back through and, and make it sound natural and, and read it back to yourself and as if you wanted to read it. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about, you know, obviously the best practices when you're creating a new a page or a piece of content and you're trying to optimize it for as specific keyword obviously you want to have that keyword and variations of that keyword on your page your header tags title tag meta description now, those are the best practices and you know we are getting to a point though where you know we're being introduced to all these new or google and bing are creating these new you know ai generated you know search algorithm new ai generated or yeah ai generated search um you know tools or you know ways to search you know, like Google SGE, where you know, longer tail searches are going to be um, or could end up being, you know, a lot more, uh, there probably be, or there could be more conversational searches, more longer tail searches where, you know, you, and within your own content, you know, you want it to be where you, obviously you want to have your keywords in there, but, you know, writing it for people first. And I think Google in that, in that way, in terms of, you know, how they are moving more towards a more conversational search structure or potentially moving towards more conversational search where that might, you might be okay with getting away with, you know, not always having to have, you know, the keyword 
directly in, you know, you have to have the keyword in here so many times or whatnot, obviously not to the point of keyword stuffing, but you know, at least where Google understands that this piece, this article that you're writing is semantically relevant. Like it understands, you know, this article is about this subject. Um, so if somebody were to ask a specific question and, you know, SGE or whatever in Bing chat and Microsoft Bing, um, that, you know, it's, you're still going to have a good chance of being, or potentially have a good chance of your piece, your content being served in the search results. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people get kind of tripped up when they're editing content, say in WordPress and they're using Yoast as their plugin and they're constantly looking at the little mm-hmm. SEO score section. Hey, like, big oh, no, internet points. I love those. <laughs> and there's nothing, and there's still best practices, right? There's yeah. still best practices. There's still, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You should still be following them. And I mean, we still, you know, these, you know, we're getting a little off topic now, like with SGE and potentially that launching at some point where Google may end up launching that, um, you know, we still don't really know the effects of how, of what that looks like in terms of on our websites or you know, the content that we're writing. So going with best practices still is still, you know, I think the right way to go, but, you know, I think just having a more open mind, I'm sure Pete, that's where you were about to take it just in terms of the way that you're writing your content. Yeah. Just write for a human and they'll figure it out. And so will the search engines. Yep. All right. Number 10 cloaking, uh, hopefully something that is not used anymore, but you never know. So a technique where you're showing your visitors one thing, but you're showing the search engine something else. So there are, different forms of cloaking. Um, It can be full articles. It can be just hidden links or hidden text. You can place things behind an image using the font size of zero, which I thought was really funny when I was researching this. Uh, White on white, which my husband mentioned when we were having a conversation about this, he actually used to do. That's how old he is. (laughs) Uh, Adding a class name to an element on your page and setting it to hidden. so yeah, so those are some examples of cloaking. Hopefully nobody does that anymore. It's pretty wild. And that was a common thing. Yeah. I mean, it was really common down toward the footer of your website. Your footer might be a little bit longer and then you'd have just a <laughs> ton of keyword stuffed in there because that's, you didn't know any better at the time. That was like, hey, this is one of the things that people would do. Yeah. And, and there's I mean, no, there, was, there were no repercussions for it. Right. Well, well, no, there, there, that was the thing too, is because even if you were a phenomenal white hat SEO person and you said, I'm not doing anything like that, all of a sudden you realize that your competitors who are using gray or black hat strategies are getting up at the top of the search engines and they're not going anywhere. So like, okay, what do I got to do? I'm going to put, you know, Las Vegas hotels, Las Vegas hotels near me, Las Vegas hotels, blah, 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 you know, in white text on my white footer. Yeah. And when you really think about it, these were the techniques people used at the time to rank well. So cloaking was, you know, just another effort people made to stuff a page with keywords and boost rankings. Um, That's a good point because really everything we're talking about that is black hat now. Yeah. Was not always that case. It was an evolution. And it was widely accepted. Yeah. At the time. (laughs) But Mm-hmm. Even though you knew that, hey, this is kind of weird that I've created this little link farm of, you know, private blog networks. You didn't know how, I mean, your job was to get ranked highly in, in the search engines. And that was the only way to do it at the yeah. time. And you because were just almost gaming the system. It was a game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now it's much harder to participate and and win, but <laughs> possible. Yeah, because now it's it, before it was you know who can trick the dumb algorithm. Now the algorithm reads like a human. You have to actually engage with humans and create really good value. Yes, content. and I would go as far as saying that the results from black hat strategies way back when were tangible much more quickly than they are nowadays. Like you, it could take up to a year to see serious results after hours and hours and hours of effort put in. Uh, if you're trying to rank for something specific or if you have a specific goal that you're trying to meet um, versus creating a PBN and generating all these links, sending that signal and seeing an uptick in rankings almost immediately. So that's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I have the last one. Sneaky redirects is number 11. And then we have a bonus for you guys. Uh, the practice of sending users to a different page or site than the one they requested or clicked on. So um, the idea of a redirect is pretty straightforward. And I think everyone's pretty familiar with that. But the sneaky aspect of that could be, you know, in the SERP, if you're ranking for something that someone is searching for and then like behind the scenes redirecting that URL that they think they're going to, um, you're being redirected to a different page to inflate traffic and then essentially rankings. I haven't seen that one. Um, I can't necessarily think of a, a great example but from my research, it's going from a high authoritative website to a lower quality version. Yeah, I think any, any yeah, I, I guess you can see it sometimes where, you know, someone says, you know, you know, a certain link that you think is going to link into that same website or if it's, you know, deceptive uh, page titles that would show up, whatever it might be, you know, when people were would do that was a lot of times it was either a paid link that they were trying to, you know, get the, the value out of, uh, or it was like you said, just like the, the spammy black hat type stuff of just driving clicks for no reason other than to get the click. Yeah. And now we look at like silly metrics, like bounce rate and we're like, Oh, you know, these people bounce so quickly. Maybe they're not finding the information that they intended to, to find. So now, you know, again, so that kind of leads us into number 12 and the very last one, um, create the best possible resource for your consumers. So don't use these tricks or hacks, just create the best possible experience for your site visitors. You know, make sure you're answering their questions, make sure that you're offering helpful content all around, um, an easy way to book a good user experience. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's what it kind of comes down to is don't I, I would say this don't worry about the search engines as a hotelier when you're building your content worry about creating a site that is going to answer the questions that your guests have do the best job it can of selling your property and in, in your area in a very nice authentic and honest way and the rest can at this point, take care of itself, kind of. assuming you've built your site in the right strategy. Kind of. And you got it. What's that? Kind of. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? From, from a hotelier perspective, if you're the SEO person working on the hotel, no, you can't do that. <clears throat> There's a lot of technical stuff that goes into it. But you do need to just make sure that you're doing the right thing by the right by the customer. 
Yeah, I think that the idea of putting the user first as an overarching goal is is correct. But, you know, somebody's idea of what helpful might be could differ from someone else's or from, you know, you know, another article could be way better than yours. So do your research too. Mm -hmm. look at what your competition is and, and what they're writing about and how they're answering the query you know, make sure that your website is technically sound, is designed for a mobile device. Um, follow those best practices that we mentioned, but don't do any of these weird, sneaky tactics. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, none of this stuff that we're talking about today is things that you should still be doing. But all the other, there's other stuff like, you know, proper schema markup, like right. you said, uh, proper heading structure and H tags throughout the site, all that, all the page, all that stuff is incredibly important. Uh but yeah, so I think if you do it the right way, you ignore, you avoid these, you know, shady, old or black hat techniques, then your hotel will be in much better shape for twenty twenty four. So, what do you guys think? Do you think we uh, pass along a little bit of black hat technology or information that will help <laughs> hoteliers be more shady, or do we actually help people this time? I, you know, the fact that search engines will penalized for these things now and you know didn't previously you know you have to avoid them at this point there's no good anymore yep. on that so that is the truth so all right well that's the that's the episode for today uh if you want to get the show notes of this like i said you're gonna to go slash podcast and click on episode 248 that'll have the show notes a link to the TechCrunch article about our AI overlord turning one year old today. Uh, plus links to everything else that we have on the website that hopefully help you as an independent hotelier to succeed online. A couple little pieces of housekeeping. If you haven't downloaded the 2023 Leisure Travel Trends study, it's still available. It's a download and we have limited supply of downloads left if you believe that. You'll go to travelboommarketing.com study and you'll be able to grab that. Also, this is kind of a big one. If you are listening to this before December 7th, go to travelboommarketing.com slash supercharge2023. And from there, you can register for a free roughly hour webinar that we'll be hosting on December 7th at, I believe it's 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the 2023 Leisure Travel Trends study, talk about some major shifts in the hotel marketing space, and we're talking about how you can actually own the search results page as opposed to what we're talking about today of how you can find yourself getting booted off the search results page because of your black hattedness. But, uh, but yeah, you can learn all about that. Just go to travelboommarketing.com for the specifics. And Alyssa, if somebody wanted to just chat with you or learn more about what you do, where would they go? They can find me on LinkedIn at Alyssa Fariska. All right. How about you, Jeremy? They can find me on LinkedIn at Jeremy Razook. All right. And I am also on LinkedIn at Pete.Demeo. So that's where you can find us. And hopefully you enjoy the episode. We will see you next week for Supercharge for the webinar. And hope everybody decides to join us there. With that being said, we have nothing else. So happy hoteling. And we will see you soon. Travel Boom is out. I feel like that was a rough one. I feel like that was solidly in the mediocre camp. <laughs>